they contacted other people and they wouldn't come. So I don't know. Hey, it's good to be here. I was, I was told before uh, this service that uh, um, I didn't tell you who I was last week. And I said, well, normally the church does that. And I said, well, maybe it was better you didn't know. I don't know. But, but anyway, my name is Scott Shipman. I'm with Helping His Hands Disaster Response. And they made a comment at the beginning. Here's my commercial for you real quick. And that is, um, you guys are going to spend a week with us in Kentucky helping rewrite the stories of those families who've lost everything. And what an awesome opportunity to bring some hope to, uh, to some families who need some. And uh, boy, we just hope you, we hope you'll come with us. We hope you'll come down and, and even if you're thinking to yourself right now, I know nothing about construction or I know nothing about building or whatever. We always tell everybody, if you're willing to listen and follow instructions, we can teach you. Uh, this past week we had a, uh, with us in the, in the heat. I told the group this last week, this is all free because I like it. We'll be in the sermon in a minute. But I told the group that, that was down with us this past week when it was hitting over 100 degrees and everything else, I said, boy, I'm glad I'm going to heaven because I couldn't stand hell. <laughs> I just couldn't. And, and one of the plumbers came in and, uh, and I made that comment. He looked at me and I said, I know Jesus, do you? And, and next thing I know, we're having a little preaching session in the, in the come of Jesus meeting in the house with hell all around us, if you know what I'm saying. No flames, but the heat was there, if you know what I'm getting at. But um, we had, last week, we had a, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 17-year-old, and uh, we taught them all wiring 101. And it was kind of cool. At the end of the week, one of, the, one of, those, one of those guys said, um, I might be rethinking what I'm going to do for college, you know? And I said, there's, there's things to be done in the kingdom. You know, it's, it's interesting uh, when, um, when all this was set up, it's because I was supposed to come last week and I did come last week and, and, and share, but then I got a call later going, hey, would you come on Father's Day? And I go, I'm not one of those people. I never have been one of those people that, you know, I don't preach sermon series when I was doing church ministry or campus ministry or anything. I never did that. I just, because I never wanted to be in the midst of something where someone walked in going, I don't have a clue where you're even at, so I'm lost, I'm done. You know what I mean? And nothing against, please don't take, don't take that back to Rich and go, he said, don't do, I'm, this is me, okay? So just go with me on this. But, but, um, I've never been one of those themed kind of people, you know what I'm saying, you know? And, um, but I love how God sets things up because when, uh, when I was already thinking about uh, what I was going to share with you all and then in the light of it being Father's Day and, and, I, and I promised Rich I would say this, Happy Father's Day, all you guys. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to go off on a, on, a, on a tangent just for a moment. Then we're going to pray. Then we're going to get into the sermon, okay? And if you don't, if you don't care for what I'm getting ready to say, blame the band. Um, can't, I don't know who's running what back there. Can you, can you put on that screen that last song that we just sung, please? Is that possible to do? more than who wrote it. <laughs> okay, can you, can you, can you, next, next slide, please. Okay, I want to stop there just for a minute, and then we're going to go on. 
do, do, you, do you understand the power of that word right there? Go, go to the next slide, please. Here is where I lay it down, every lie and every doubt. Next slide, please. This is whose surrender? Whose? Have you? Be careful. Next slide, please. And I will make room for you to do. Have you? It's easy to mouth some words, isn't it? Talk to me now, come on. In light of Father's Day, 2022, and I will make, and I, and I will make room. Man, it's easy to, it's easy to sing something like that in, in, a, in a group like this, isn't it? Huh? This thing on? But come tomorrow morning at work. When you're, when you're back in the grind of things, can you still, can you still say that? And I will make room for you to do whatever you want. I'm going to stop there because we'll be preaching two sermons today. Second service, pray for them. There ain't nothing going on after that. Except me getting in a truck and driving to Kentucky again. I love how, how the Lord sets things up because I, see, I, I, I have a problem sometimes singing some of the songs we sing because I believe that my Bible says, and yours does too, that from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And there are times that I find myself having a little revival meeting in the seat. Because I can't sing them. Are you hearing me? I can't sing those words. I can't mouth those words because if I do, it's followed by, Lord, you know I'm lying to you. You know that I am falsifying what is coming out of my mouth. You, you know I try. Sometimes I fail. Anybody else in here can give witness to that? Well, aren't you glad to know that God gives second chances and third chances and 4,329 chances? And regardless of how many steps you and I walk away from him, aren't you glad to know it's just one step back? We serve a God who understands the human heart. And in reality and in the knowledge of knowing the human heart, oh, aren't you glad he still sent Jesus? Because if we'd have been in charge, the world would have been damned. 
but we're not in charge. He is. Oh, Lord, make your way in our heart today. You know, I believe, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that surrender is something that happens 24-7 and will continue to the day that we stop sucking wind or Jesus comes back, whatever comes first. That we need to understand that the enemy wants to tear us down and pull us down and make us think that we're not worth much at all. But the Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And you can take that to the bank. And I believe God can help us in the surrender. Are you hearing me? I believe he can help us. In the surrender. And the reason I believe that is because we just looked at and sung some words. Lord, I want to make room for, don't you want to do that? Don't you want to make room for the, I mean, have you, my, my vehicles I drive are like a mobile office, if you know what I'm saying. There's just room for me. Every seat has stuff in it. Last week, there were three times I had to haul people in it. And I found myself moving things out of the way. You know what I was doing? I was making room. In the midst of the chaos and all the, all the cheese, cheeseburger wrapping, I'm joking. Anyway, you know, moving everything out. And here's the thing. I told them when they were getting in, I fired the maid. So just pile in and this is it. You come to our house, I want you to know it's lived in. It's not looked at. Are you hearing me? Do I have any witnesses out there to that? Why in the world are we cleaning everything up to make it look like we're something that we are not? Listen, this is as good as it gets. Pray for my wife. This is it. I tell everybody she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. I just want you to know that today. And in the light of what we're going to look at this morning in the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to look at 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 an itty-bitty text of, of, of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. And then we're going to use that as a springboard to go a couple extra places. And then we're going to do a little preaching. And then we're going to have you out of here at some point this morning. It may run in the second service. We'll just start singing in the, out in the foyer. How's that, worship team? That'd be all right. Hey, let's pray. And then we're going to dive in. Father, thank you for waking us up today. Grateful for the gift, Lord. And I pray, Father, that as we take the next several minutes to look at your word this morning, God, I pray you would open it up to us, Lord. I invite you to be the editor of this message that you would take away and you would add to. And God, as I always pray, if there is someone here in the midst of us today because of circumstances and situations that they're dealing with that needs to hear a little bit different message, oh, Holy Spirit, fine-tune my words as they enter their ears and penetrate their heart. Lord, have your way in this place just like it was heaven. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna begin reading Gospel of Matthew chapter five. We're gonna, we're gonna begin reading uh, in verse 14 through 16, NIV translation. Jesus talking here says this, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's it. That's the text. That's it. That is, that is, there, listen, I want you all to know we could go several different directions just in those few verses. But I promise my goal is to go one. 
just to go one direction. Because there's so much in just this little, little bit of, of the Sermon on the Mount. And if you've never read chapters 5, 6, and 7 together at one setting, I encourage you to do that. Because that's one, that's one whole message that Jesus is laying out to his disciples and, and to the folks who were there listening in. But when you look at this text, if you would look back there just for a moment. Because it's interesting that the very first verse that we read there, verse 14, it says something that I think that sometimes we just kind of overlook. Do you ever find yourself doing that as you read the Bible, that you, you just skim over things that you think you already know? Anybody ever do that? That's one of the reasons why I tell, tell folks all the time, and I love when people talk about, I have a hard time reading the Bible and things like that. Every time I read through the Bible, I change translations for the next time. And the reason I do it is because years ago, I caught myself coming up to a verse of scripture that I already knew. And because I thought I already knew it, I skimmed over it. You ever done that? You know, confession's good for the soul. I'm just saying, yeah. But when I change translations, I can't do that because I don't have a clue how it's, how it's written. And I believe sometimes when we look at these familiar verses that we tend to do that. If you would, look at this text for a minute and look what Jesus says. He says, you might be. He says, you could be. Now he says, you are. Do you understand the, the power and the weight of that statement? You are. Not you could be. Not you might be, not only on Sundays, but you are. You are the light of the world. How can that be? Because Jesus is talking to a group of people and to us to let us know that when we make that decision for him, when we allow him, when we make room for him, when we surrender, that he comes to, to dwell and live within. Think about this for a minute. Do you understand the power of the Holy Spirit now versus then? I don't think we do. When you look at the Old Testament, do you realize that the Holy Spirit would come upon God's prophets, God's people for a short amount of time and then he would leave? Did you, do you know that? Do you understand, understand that it wasn't until the day of Pentecost that we see the Holy Spirit coming in to be a resident, not a guest. Amen. And Jesus says, you are the light of the world. I simply entitled the message today, your influence for his glory. And what's interesting I think about this is, in light of this being Father's Day, men, what are you doing about that? What's your influence like to those who are close to you? What's your influence like to your, to your spouse? What's your influence like to your children? What's your, your influence like to your grandchildren? What's your influence like to your coworkers? What's your influence like to your neighbors? 
what your influence likes to the ones who absolutely drive you up the wall and you'd like to slap them in Jesus' name. (laughs) What is your influence like, my friends, this morning? Because what we need to understand is God has called us. Now, ladies, I'm not going to leave you out, but men, listen to me and listen to me good. Of the entire makeup of the family, you have more on your shoulders than anybody else in your family, in your household. Are you hearing me? Do you know I can't rattle off the statistics? There's some homework for you. You can go find it out yourself. But they've done this study where a kid comes to Jesus first in the family uh, what the, what the uh, probability of the rest of the family coming. They've, they've done this study where it, with the, the wife comes to Jesus uh, before anybody else. And then all of a sudden they've done this study on the dad, on the husband, that when the husband gets serious about Jesus, man, it changed the whole makeup of the family. Men, we need you. We really do. And... And we, we need you, I believe, more now, more now than ever before in the history of the world. Do you understand that what has happened in our country, I'm not getting political, I'm just getting real. We have allowed the enemy to bring our country to the point of becoming Satan's playground. And men... if we don't make sure that our influence is a godly one, we are deterring our family. Are you hearing me? Is this thing on? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Look at that text. We're gonna read that again if you don't mind. And we're gonna reference back to this several times. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. I want to tell you something. You know what what I think has happened in our country? We've got a lot of Christians in our society, in our culture, that have stopped right there, and they've hid their light. Are you hearing me? My grandkids, Keely and Toby, by the way, just found out last week that uh, we already knew my son and and my my daughter-in-law were expecting. We found out last week that uh, it's going to be a boy, and... uh, and I've had people say to me, I said, boy, I bet you're excited about that. I said, I just pray for healthy kids. Let God deal with whatever it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? But this past week, the grandkids, Papa, we're hunting lightning bugs. <laughs> Did you ever hunt lightning bugs? I said, oh, yeah. I've killed quite a few, too. <laughs> Well, Papa, why'd you do that? I said, because I found out really quick they don't work very good inside a concealed mason jar. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, gotta get a little air in there. And they're out there hunting. They're out there catching all these. And what's so funny, what's so funny was the other night, uh, I was sitting in there and Toby comes in. Toby's five going on. He'll be six here. Shirley Keeley, she's, uh, she'll be nine. And, and Toby comes running in trying to outrun Keeley and comes in and says, Papa, Papa, you want to go hunt lightning bugs? <laughs> and I said, well, when are you going? He goes, not now. I said, well, why can't we go now? And he looked at me and says, Papa, we can't see them. I said, oh, well, then what must we do? 
And he goes, Papa, we have to wait till it gets dark. And then we can catch him. Listen to me, lightning bugs. The darkness is upon us. Will you let your light shine? Will you take the bowl off? Your influence for his glory. It's interesting, I think, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, NIV translation says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Whew. I don't know about you, but man, that's just like telling the dog, sick him. I just, doesn't that just, listen, God has placed his light in you. He has placed, you and I are to reflect the king of kings. You and I are to reflect that glory because our influence should be bringing glory to the almighty. That the way that we're living our life, the way that we are acting, the way that we talk, the way that we, every bit of our, but preacher, you don't understand where I work. Preacher, you don't understand the, 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 the makeup of my family. My family's not traditional. It's anything but that. But preacher, you, you, don't, you, you don't know the struggles that I have. Pre preacher, you, you don't know the things that I've been through. Pre pre Listen, you know I don't, but he does. And he still wants our influence to bring glory to him. He still wants us to live our life in such a way that the world sees a difference in us. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. I, it was everything I could do last week to contain myself because I was afraid I would go off on this direction and start preaching today's message last week. Because you need to understand that, that regardless of what happens, in the, and we should be concerned not saying, don't walk out of here saying that. I didn't say we shouldn't be concerned. But let me tell you something. The darker the world gets, the more your light will stand out and people will be drawn to the light. I hate driving through Texas in the dark. Because they say everything's bigger in Texas. I want to tell you something. They got 747 bugs down there. And, and the first time that I, I went to Texas driving my black truck in the dark uh, with my headlights shining because you kind of got to do that, you know. It's kind of hard to drive with them not on. You know what I'm saying? People coming towards you don't like it. But anyway, I got them on. And when I finally pulled into a truck stop to fill back up, I got out. And I tell you what, it just, it, it was an absolute mess on the front of that truck. And I'm, and I'm trying to clean everything up and clean, you know, and, and I'm standing there looking at this mess. And I'm thinking, okay, next time do not drive through Texas in the dark. But you know why the bug you know you know why the bugs are on the front? Because they were drawn to the light. And it impacted them. 
in ways they never dreamed. <laughs> now go with me, brothers and sisters, because I'm a very simple-minded man. Shouldn't the light of Jesus shining forth out of our life Listen to me. Impact the world unto death. When Isaiah came into the presence of the Almighty, he goes, woe is me. I am a man among a people. That is undone. The presence of the Almighty caused the evidence of what was in him to surface. Uh, last week we saw three deaths, remember? Remember that? <laughs> Got to go to church and see people die. I love it when that happens. They've, they've come in contact with the light. And it brought death. What would happen if we would live our life in such a way that it would cause people to want to die? The good death. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about you being one of those people that's just like, oh, God, get me out of their presence. I have just for the die. You know what I'm talking about? Because if that's you, shame on you. Huh? They're supposed to be blessed by being in your presence, not the other way around. Let me tell you, let me read a couple more verses and we're, we're gonna be sliding on through. Philippians chapter two, verses 15 and 16 from the Good News Translation, it says this. The Apostle Paul writes to the church of Philippi, so that you may be innocent and pure as God's perfect children who live in a world of corrupt and sinful people. You must... Shine among them like stars lighting up the sky as you offer them the message of life. If you do so, I shall have reason to be proud of you on the day of Christ because it will show that all my effort and work have not been wasted. You know, somebody took the time to share the gospel with you. Don't let their efforts have been a waste. Are you hearing me? When my son, who now is 24, he's a police officer. He, uh, when he was 13 years of, years of, of age, uh, we were having a, a, a dad-son moment. Now, it wasn't birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and all that kind of stuff. We were just talking about life and being a man and different things and just stuff in general. And I made a comment to him. Now, 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 now dad's out there, has this ever happened to you? That you say something to your child, you tend to forget you said that, and then down the road it comes back from their mouth. Ever happened to you? Sometimes that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, a few years ago, my son posted a thing on, on, uh, on his uh, Facebook for Father's Day in light of the conversation that him and I had had when he was 13. And the thing was, I made a comment to him that I guess not because I didn't think it was rocket science or, you know, you know, earth shaking or I just, we were just talking and I made this comment, but I didn't realize the impactfulness of the statement to him 
And then when I read what he posted, it came back and impacted me even more. And I'm the one that said it in the first place. I can't tell you anything about all the stuff that we talked about, but, but the one thing I told my son was, I said, Josh, I said, you got to understand something. There's a lot of Christian guys in this world. And there's very few godly men. And you have to decide which one you want to be. Now, that may not be that impactful to you. But that, that put him on a different path because he chose When our first grandchild was born, my wife and I was sitting in the, in the waiting room and we were sitting there and uh, Keely was born and we were sitting there just talking a little bit and my wife looks at me and she says, you know, she says grand, uh, grandkids are parents' second chance. And I, and, I, and I looked at her and I said, what? And she said it again. She said, grandkids are parents' second chance. And I looked at her again. I said, have you lost your mind? What are you saying? <laughs> They've never had kids, but what? Second, what? And she looked at me, and then she said it again, and I knew then what she meant. She's talking about us. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? You look back and go, man, we just kind of rushed through life so quick in those first early years trying to pay bills and get things done and stuff like that. And, 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 and the cool thing about all that is, is I understand even more now because we've been able to, to, to encourage our, our adult married, married children, slow it down. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, one of the things that I try to always tell my kids, and sometimes it didn't work very good, was when I made a mistake and I messed up to let them know that. I'll never forget, my daughter won't say which one, but one of my daughters got in trouble and I came home. My wife says, you go deal with her. <laughs> and so when I went in to find out what was going on, I raised my voice and she said to me, she says, Daddy, you're using your preacher voice. And I turned around and walked back out of the room. She said, my wife says, did you deal with it? I said, no. She said, why not? I said, because she told me I was using my preacher voice. And I don't think that's the voice I need to be using in there right now. But that's the only voice I got right now. After she told me what she had done. Your influence. For his glory. Dads, we've, we've, got, a, 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 we've got a lot of... A lot of uh, on our shoulders, but, but here's the good news. We do not have to do it alone. Are you hearing me? We, we, we don't have to walk through this by ourselves. There's, there's other dads that we can lean on, the preacher and leadership of the church. But ultimately, do you understand? Ultimately, Jesus is who we have to lean upon, to draw strength from. When you look back at that text and he says to 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 his disciples and to us, you are, you are the, you, do you understand he believed in you? He knew you could do it. Uh, there's something else in this text that I find rather interesting and I'll, and I'll make a comment about that here in a moment. But I want you to, to realize for a minute, minute that, that you and I need to understand, we, you need to understand that God has given us a great responsibility to, to, to not just love on our family, but to influence our family 
for the good. In John chapter 8, verse 12 of the Good News Translation, it says this, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees again. I am the light of the world, he said. Whoever follows me will have the light of life and will never walk in darkness. Brothers and sisters, that light is in you. And you and I are to portray that light because we need to understand that we are influencing either good or bad, every single one of us. Now, moms and grandmothers, and, and by the way, just so you all know this, you never stop being a son or a daughter. Are you hearing me? You'll never stop being that. I don't care how long you've been married or how many kids you have or the, or the number in your bank account. You will always be a son and you will always be a daughter. But our influence for his glory, I want to reread uh, these, these verses that I just read to you. But I want to read them, if you don't mind. Are you all doing okay? You all right? Very good. We're just about 15 minutes into the sermon. I'm just, you know, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm only being serious. Anyway, um, I want to read these verses again to you. But out of the message translation, catch how it says this, Matthew 5, 14 through 16, message translation. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Second Corinthians 4, 5, and 6 from the message translation. Remember, our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we are is messengers, errand runners for Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. Now let me read to you Philippians 2 from the message translation, but I'm going to I'm going to expand that text just a little bit if you don't mind, okay? I'm going to read verses 12 through 16, and it says this. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so that I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof 
I didn't go to all this work for nothing. Brothers and sisters, do you understand the, the magnitude of our influence? And God will, will put us in places that we never dreamed. Now I want to look back just for a moment, and you guys can pop the, our, our, our text originally up there if you would. I want to, this is how I want to close this out this morning. I want to reread from the NIV translation, Matthew 5, those, those first couple of verses there, starting in verse 14. But I want to see if you catch something that, again, I think is overlooked. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. Did you catch it? They put it on its stand. Uh, let me <laughs> let me say that again. They put it on its stand. Fathers, dads, granddads, mothers, daughters, sons, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, and everything twice removed you have a place to be think about it for a minute you and I we have a place to be and not only do we have a place to be God wants to place us on a stand so we'll bring light to the whole house that will bring purpose to the area that will bring direction to those in our presence. Listen, brothers and sisters, you've been looking for your purpose in life. Guess what? It's to shine. It's to influence everyone that you come in contact with. Your influence for his glory. Listen, brothers and sisters, God, God believes in you. Did you know that? Regardless of what you've been told, regardless of where you're at in your life, God believes in you. You know why I know that? Because God does not lie. Are you hearing me? God does not lie. And if he tells you and I, you are the lie of the world, then by golly we are. Don't make him out to be a liar. Your influence for his glory. What will you do with all that? Dads, I don't know, but I sure hope that you're influencing your family for Jesus. I hope that your children see you praying and reading and studying. I hope they see and hear the words of eternal life echoing out of your life. I hope that your neighbors know that there's a difference in your house. Not the color of the siding or the color of the roof or the furniture that, was, that is within. But they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that as for you and your household, you serve the Lord. I hope that the people that you work with come tomorrow morning 
at your place of employment. I hope that they see a difference in you. Not because of the clothes that you wear, but because of who you have allowed to clothe you. I hope that those that come in contact with you this week, they'll see a difference in you. And the difference they see is that you are allowing the light of Jesus to shine forth from your life. The hardest place to be a Christian is in your home. Because those are the ones who know what makes you tick and what ticks you off. And they know what buttons to push. Maybe there needs to be a revival meeting in your household today. Maybe there needs to be a come and clean moment today. Maybe there needs to be that moment of saying, you know what, I can't go back because guess what, we can't, can we? We can't go back and rewind and erase the past. All you and I have, guess what? This is good news is today. It's all we got. You know, we talk about surrendering. I surrender. And I believe that when we first make that decision to surrender, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we mean it. But you know what I've learned over the years, brothers and sisters? That sometimes things pop up in our life that we didn't know was there. You know what I'm talking about? And we come to find out that we thought we surrendered everything, but you know what? We didn't. We, we were holding on to things that we did not know we were holding on to. Well, listen, if you're doing that, guess what? You can surrender today. You can come clean today. You can give it up to him today. Guess what? You can dust the seat off and make room. Oh, we will make room for you, Lord. You know what's amazing when you read the Bible and they talk about the, you know, the, when the great banquet comes up, you know, and we're going to sit at that table. You know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you something? And this is what we're going to close out before I pray. We will never get to the seat at the great banquet table unless we've allowed God room at our table. And that has to be done individually. I don't know where you are, brothers and sisters, but I want to tell you the greatest decision you will ever make is for Jesus. And that's a 24-7 decision. I hope you've made that, but if you've not, there's folks here at the church would love to talk to you about that. And maybe you've been living for Jesus for, for a long time, but maybe it's just popped in your mind. Maybe the Holy Spirit nudged you to say, hey, you know, you've been dealing with so-and-so things and different things. Maybe you need to surrender. Maybe you need to come. Maybe you need to deal with that. Hey, guess what? Remember what I said in the beginning? You can have walked a thousand steps away. Oh, it's just one step back. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you, would you minister to us right now? I pray, Lord, that your word has not fallen upon deaf ears and closed hearts. Lord, I pray if there is one here today that, that has never made that decision, Lord, I pray that you would just churn in them till they make that decision. And Lord, I pray that if there are those here today that they've been living for you, but they've just, it just kind of dawned on them that maybe there's some things that they've just not really let go. Lord, I pray that surrender would come. Lord, we want to make room in our heart for you. 
And Lord, if there are things that we're holding on to, Lord, would you, would you bring it to light? Would you, would, you let, would you nudge us? Would you let us see that, Lord, so we can deal with it? Lord, I thank you for all the dads here. We pray a blessing on them, Lord. Pray, pray, Lord, you use them in a mighty way, not just at their workplace, not just in their neighborhood, but Lord, I pray you use them in a mighty way in their home. That they would be the man, the godly man that you've called them to be. Thank you, Lord, for the church here. Pray your blessing on the church as they minister to the community and beyond. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. May our influence, Lord, bring you glory in all that we say and in all that we do. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go be Jesus to someone today.